Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Pat Whalen. Pat is a lifelong comic book geek. And Mike is a filmmaker and storyteller. So naturally, a bulk of our conversations surround the world of the Marvel movies. Some consider the MCU one of the greatest achievements in modern day filmmaking, and others just think they're comic book movies. Each episode, we'll tackle one film and discuss the differences between the comic book and what's on screen. We'll explore the growth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from its inception to present day and beyond, and have a little fun along the way. You may not have asked for it. You certainly don't need it, but you'll be happy we're here. We think. This is yet another MCU podcast. Welcome back to episode two uh, of phase one of the yet another MCU podcast. How you doing, Pat? I'm doing pretty well. Today we're going to look at Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk indeed. Not the Incredible Hulk starring Mark Ruffalo, but the Incredible Hulk starring Edward Norton. Yeah. Do, and, do, you, do you think there's people out there that don't, re- don't remember this? Absolutely. And I was going to ask you this. You are our forgotten cinema expert. Um, <laughs> Plug to my other podcast. Yes. Why was this one forgotten? Well, I don't. I mean, I remember when I w- first watched it, I remember not a lot of stuff happening. And I didn't realize that it's a, as um, Gail Ann Hurd calls it, a requel, a reboot slash sequel, which I'm glad that that never caught on. Thank God. <laughs> but um, like, I didn't realize it kind of related to the other one, to Hulk, to Ang Lee's Hulk. Right. But I guess it does. And even though they just recasted everybody, uh, I, I would think that it, cause it just didn't have a lot of action. Really? That- I mean... It, they have you have some of the pieces in the beginning, the the scene in the bottle factory and stuff like that. Yep. No, I mean it really just kind of lays there. There's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of character there work is. in this movie, which we'll get into because I actually appreciate it upon rewatch. Mm-hmm. But let me let's get into some of the facts. So we're talking about the Incredible Hulk. This was released on June 13th, 2008, a Friday, has a runtime of 112 minutes, rated PG 13, production budget of 150 million dollars. It's opening weekend. It made fifty-five million domestic, one hundred thirty-four million worldwide, two hundred and sixty-three million. So, depending upon their marketing budget, it probably was a wash. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, compared to the later ones, we know that the Incredible Hulk is the least grossing movie in the MCU. But that's not a bomb. I mean, no, it's still a pretty good opening night. Sure, especially in that summer. It's also the shortest movie in the yeah. MCU, which. Makes sense because it's in the beginning of, mm-hmm. of these movies. And, you know, there's probably not as much stuff they're trying to cram in there. Well, I know initially they were looking at, I think it was going to be 135 minutes and they cut off. You know, there's there's hours upon hours that they had on the, the cutting room floor that the studio wanted. They wanted it shorter. Norton and the director, Louis Leteri, A, wanted it to be a little bit longer, dive more into those character pieces. But they cut it down to 112. Yeah. And it's... I mean, I think shorter is better. I it's agree. It's easier. It's palatable. And, you know, there's there's always stuff that you can edit out of a movie that, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's extraneous. When you start getting into the later MCU movies, you start trying to set up other movies and other subplots. And so it gets a little difficult and, we, and it does make the movie. It makes the runtime a little bit more bloated. So as Pat was saying, directed by Louis Louis or Louis Leterrier. Did you say that right? Did I, I say it wrong? don't know if I did. Whatever. One of us said it right. One of us said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you see uh, his other work. Uh, he's done the Transporter series, uh, Clash of the Titans. I think he did. Was it Wrath of the Titans? Was that the sequel to that? 
The yes. remakes, yeah. yeah, I believe so. Written by Zach Penn, uh, he wrote the Avengers and Ready Player One. It has an uncredited rewrite by Edward Norton. Edward Norton is is not say notorious because I actually like Edward Norton, um, but he does do a, a, a pass on most of the scripts mm-hmm. that he is handed. Which, if you know anything about Hollywood, makes sense. Music by Craig Armstrong. He's from Great Gatsby, Moulin Rouge. Cinematography by Peter Menzies Jr. The only one I wrote down here was Die Hard with a Vengeance because I like that movie. Oh, great movie. <laughs> I'll run through the cast. As we said, Edward Norton plays Bruce Banner, Liv Tyler, Betty Ross, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky, William Hurt as General Ross. Uh, he is uh, Betty Ross's father. Uh, he's actually, his actual credit is General Thunderbolt Ross, excuse me. And Tim Blake Nelson as Samuel Stearns. Don't forget Ty Burrell as AKA uh, Phil Dunphy. He was as... forgotten in the movie, so I have forgotten him in the credit. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I guess, I mean, I, I don't want to go straight to that, but <laughs> let's, let's do a quick review. Just, yeah, we're going to do a quick review of the movie uh, and then we'll get into our usual comic verse first movie. And then it, this movie's role in the MCU universe uh, or the MCU, excuse me, um, itself. So, Pat, when was the last time you saw this? I always ask this of my other partner in the Forgotten Cinema podcast. When was the last time you saw this? I don't remember the exact day. It was probably a couple of years ago. They run it on FX all the time. Okay. And, that you know, I would usually catch it. Maybe not the full thing, but in pieces here and there. I love the the set pieces. So if I remember jumping into one of those, I'll stick around. Well, which ones stand out? The fight on the the college campus is one of my absolute favorites. Okay. I think Leterrier knows how to direct action, and he does a really good job. You, you mean where the Jeeps are just suddenly coming out of everywhere, jumping well, in? Yeah, That's but, fine. That's fine. But the fight scenes with, I think, the way the Hulk moves... The way, especially when Blonsky, who had been shot up with the the super soldier serum at that point, was able to move quicker than his soldier counterparts and really take on the Hulk in that like confined space where he's jumping all around him. That is, I think that's that's my favorite part of the movie. The, that that fight scene. That itself. fight scene. Okay. Um, you don't like the fight scene in Harlem slash we shot in Toronto at the end. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, it's it's definitely one we we don't see a lot of because again, this is a little bit more grittier of a movie. It than, is than we get used to in the MCU, and it's it, it's it's brutal. You know, they're, they're going back and forth. They're they're stabbing at each other. They're clawing and, and choking each other, and it's it is a brutal fight. And I think it, they do a good job with it. Um, much like uh, our first the our first movie in the MCU and our first episode where we talked about Iron Man, I thought that this movie was more personal uh, in terms of Bruce Banner's plate. Yes. Um, I know that, uh, like we said, like I, we just talked about, it's a requel. Um, so it does, like if you had not seen Hulk, which starred um, Eric Bana as Bruce Banner, I guess you're okay with this one because even though I don't like when they do this in movies, they actually put the origin story in the credit sequence. You know what I mean? I get yeah. why you do that. Cause you're kind of saying, Hey, remember the first one? Well, even then they, they changed some of the, the origin in here from that first movie. They used the more, the one from the, the TV show, mm-hmm. the old, uh, Lou Frigno, Bill Bixby TV show from the seventies. The but I guess you don't really need to know. You just need to know that he's a man on the run. Mm-hmm. And he turns into Hulk because when they in in this one, when they initially have him turn into Hulk down twice, they did the first two times they have him transform one down in the Brazilian bottle factory. And then again on the college campus where he's trapped in that glass oh, walkway. The walkway. Yes. They play it more like a horror movie. Yes. I do like that. It's a little he's more frightening. Yeah. He's more of a monster. You know, yeah. he's scary. He is and scary. Yeah, it's and, and, not. Yeah. 
they didn't need the origin story. Like they, I think they kind of played off the origin story so that when he does transform, you're not, you don't really know exactly what's coming. Now, mm. comic book readers, anybody that sees the title that says Incredible Hulk, you know it's coming. But <laughs> well, I mean, I hope anyone knows it's right. coming. Right. But well, you kind of like, you know, they, they play it off with like, oh, you're not really sure what this beast is going to look like. Right. So you referenced the television series. That is why, or one of the reasons, or probably the main reason why this movie is the only movie in phase one that is not a Paramount movie. It yeah. was, um, I know we talked about in the last episode where, you know, Disney just bought everything up, but let's pretend Disney did not do that. Right. This is a universal film because Universal owned the TV rights. Yeah. The and they Incredible had, Hulk. they own the rights to the, uh, the old movie as well. Right. So they, that's why this, this falls into that, that prequel, that sequel, sorry, sequel, reboot, uh, <laughs> prequel. Who the, you it's know, called the requel. Requel. Let's, come on now, pal. <laughs> this is why this falls into that, that requel category because it was you know part of that but then they're trying to tag it into the other Mm -hmm. the rest of the universe that they were building but what did you think of because you know this is we talk about eric bana then we jump into mark ruffalo next in the avengers Mm -hmm. what did you think edward norton well i enjoy edward norton as an actor obviously everyone knows him probably from fight club Mm -hmm. i mean he hit the scene with primal fear and i know that people are like oh there's always that kind of narrative that he's difficult to work with and that he's he's just somebody that's always gonna kind of not combative but just kind of like workshop whatever yeah the, the character and they used to say that about russell crowe a lot too i don't buy that narrative as somebody who has directed stuff before i would much rather have an actor who is questioning and asking and, and just kind of working stuff rather than somebody who's just kind of like yeah all right whatever not yeah. like not caring so like you so you want the opposite so i don't mind his performance in this movie i think it's this this movie itself this the Bruce Banner character in the Incredible Hulk, as opposed to the other ones is a bit more personal. Like I said, it's a bit more um, character driven mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, when he's trying to hide from Betty and he sees her and then, you know, like, and he's just trying to make things right. Like, and she's talking to him about, you know, maybe you can control it. And he's like, I don't want to, I want yeah. to get rid of it. And that's his whole goal. No, I, I enjoy Edward Norton. So yeah, did yeah. you, do you like him in this? I like him in this. The one thing that I, I found upon the rewatch was I really disliked the scenes between him and Liv Tyler. Oh, and, really? And Betty. I thought the, the dialogue was wooden. I thought she had no chemistry with him. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he really had much chemistry with her, but when he's on his own, when he's in Brazil, when he's living by himself, when he's, you know, he does the action pretty well. And when he's doing the transformation into the Hulk, I really enjoyed his performance. Mm-hmm. To your point, I probably would suggest that her relationship with her father, Thunderbolt Ross, <laughs> is probably stronger. Because like, there's that moment when she's like, don't talk to me as your daughter, as your daughter anymore. And he's like, you're, you're not in handcuffs because you're my daughter. Yeah. Like that was... That's a nice little moment. Yeah, it is. I don't wouldn't necessarily say that the, there's a different chemistry between the actors. I just think that their character arcs are on different paths where it's tough to kind of bring Betty's character arc with him and make okay. it believable maybe for you. So yeah. I can understand that. Okay. I actually like Liv Tyler quite a bit. I think she's overlooked way too often and stuff. I never saw The Leftovers. She was in that, right? She was. Yeah. And I, th- I saw the first couple seasons. She very, she has this, this kind of, wooden personality but in the leftovers it made sense because okay. she was this this survivor of of you know essentially a precursor to what happens in endgame where like a percentage of the population disappears yeah. and so she's she's broken down and, you mean the blip 
the blip. But I forget what they call it in, in leftovers. They call, it, they call it, oh, leftover. I don't know. Well, who cares? I think we're, they, yeah. We're not talking about that. Right. All right. So back to this. <laughs> um, did you notice that? And I didn't notice this when I first watched it. I had to go back and kind of like check out some scenes. That the entire film is tinted green. So the entire I film did not is tinted that. the same green as the Hulk, like very slightly. But okay. yeah, so the whole film is tinted green. I like that. I, I like that. That was nice. Oh, yeah. I wonder if, because there was a couple moments when she's, another great character moment when they're in the cave together where he's still the Hulk and he's shouting at the thunderstorms. Yes. Because he's, he's angry. He's, he's getting scared. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. scared. He's angry. He's been hitting his head on the roof of the cave. Yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate that levity there. I thought that but was. That's also, that also shows, not to yeah. cut you off, but that also shows that he's not in control. Right. What I was going to say there was I felt like I liked a lot of the, the visual effects throughout the movie. I thought they did a great job with both Abomination and with Hulk himself and with the transformations. But he gets washed out in that scene so much with the, the thunderstorms and maybe right. with the green tinting. They did a couple things in here where they ref they made him look gray to reference when he was gray. When okay. he first became Hulk gray, which right. you know more about than I yeah. do. But um, I know that that's they did some of that stuff purposely. Now, in terms of the movie itself. I didn't realize that they were using the same serum for Captain America that the, for this because yeah. that's different. That's not in everything else. Like that's new. That's specific to this episode. That is specific this to this, right? So, and you don't really know that until he goes into the. And maybe we'll get into this with the MCU stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes into to get the serum for Blonsky. Yeah, it's it's in right. like files that are frozen away. And, right, and- right. So I didn't know that. I and I I, I thought that was interesting. Because they're still saying that Banner was, you know, gamma poisoning, radiation poisoning. But it, so it's not that it's not just that the, the serum made him crazy. They're talking about how there's different levels of you have to be exact in your yeah. radiation and in your gamma exposure and stuff like that. And they were not. So right. that's and, why he's the Hulk. Well, no. And they yeah. And they were they did that a lot with um, Blonsky's character as well. It was Abomination who had the two different. He, yeah, when he goes to Samuel Stearns, yeah. who's played by Tim Blake Nelson, and says, you know, I want, give me what you he got. He's like, I don't know what's in you already. And right. Did you like Tim Blake Nelson's portrayal of Stearns in this movie? I thought he was, I thought it was okay. Little manic. See, I can't get, I can't get out of my head Tim Blake Nelson from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So yeah. I, I always think of that. He has a style. He does. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it just didn't fit into this movie. But I, I don't hate it you know it's just it's just a different style yeah maybe this is is where the studio was coming in maybe this is where norton was coming in and, and Leteria were coming in it, it was kind of like a hodgepodge mm-hmm. all over the place and, and there were some great moments and then there were some other moments where like stern's jumping all over the place the cab scene that we talked about mm-hmm. does it fit does it not fit wonder what was left on the cutting room floor well, probably a lot of some of that stuff i'll tell you what's left on the cutting room floor probably ty burrell's uh scene where he actually knew that Edward Norton, excuse me, that Bruce Banner was back because he comes. So he shows up. She basically ditches. She ditches her boyfriend at the time. Betty goes drive. I don't know how she found him. Goes driving on the bridge to find him in the rain. And you never see her boyfriend again until the whole after the big scene that you would do love so much in front of the uh, college, which I, I like it. Too. Yeah. I'm not, not saying in that way. And then he's like, thank God you called Thunderbolt Ross is like, thank God you called him. Like, uh, how did we know that he knew? Right. And like you couldn't toss us a scene where he's like, Hey Bruce, welcome back or anything. Well, I think when she asks uh, Stanley, the pizza guy, Stanley Leibowitz, yeah. which is Stanley's <laughs> real name is Stanley. who's the creator of the Hulk. Um, when they ask Stanley, you know, she says, just tell me if that's what I think I saw. Yeah. He, I mean, Ty Burrell is yeah. standing right there. Yeah, but, saying, he's just, but he's 
just doesn't like there's no yeah. like just nothing like i just picture like hey who's that like and she's like pushing him away like what's going what are you doing where are you going in the back alley here by yourself <laughs> he should have been in the back seat of the car when she was on the on the fucking well, your mom did they not drive the to pizza place together did I, she go home uh, like did they not live together what, what? he's just he's just forgotten and then he shows up and then he's got this scene where he's like i know i know why she doesn't talk of you and i'm like oh I'll see you later. <laughs> but was he at the um, was he at the college campus fight scene? No. Then he, how does he know that his daughter was put in harm's way like that? Because I, the, the cell phone footage that we see is a lot of just like the army shooting at the Hulk. They don't right. see the big helicopter. I don't believe they see the big helicopter coming down and crashing, and he's got to cover uh, cover Betty. So how does he? I, I mean, we're diving too deeply. No, into no, no. Listen, we're talking Rell's. about the movie right now. But no, he's just not there. And I think yeah. just to your point of a lot of stuff being cut, I'm sure that's some of it. So of course, with every MCU movie, you have to have the Stanley cameo. I know, obviously, moving forward, there won't be there. But every time I see him in the movie, it takes me out. Every single time I see him in a movie, it takes me out of it. Not, and, and that's fine. I get why he's in there, and I'm not bemoaning that. I just it always pulls me out of the movie. And I think the ones that do it correctly, I think you'll see the Russo brothers do it pretty well later on. The good ones put them in the beginning or they'll put them right at the end. I didn't mind this one as much as I mind some of the later ones that we'll see mm-hmm. where it's it really feels like they're forcing him in there. So I didn't really hate this one. Mm-hmm. And maybe because it was this one was early on in the process. I agree with you. The later ones take me out completely. Mm-hmm. But this uh, this one didn't. So he drinks that. The blood, basically, yeah. of Banner, because Banner gets cut and it goes into the bottle, and it, you know where he hits the bottling factory. So that scene where the blood was falling took mm-hmm. a year for them. Took the visual effects guy a year to do. Wow, I know. I think we said this last time for Iron Man. There's no villain in this movie. There's villainous obstacles. Yeah, I know that Blomsky becomes the abomination at the end of the movie, but. It's the same way that right. Obadiah became the Ironmonger, right. so and the, they have these mirror villains of them. Right. So, I mean, like, you're supposed to assume that Ross is the villain after, or whether it's Shield or the U.S. Army, yeah. whoever's whatever it is, co- go, trying to get him. And this is a this is a, a journey or a road movie where Banner's trying to, you know, get rid of the Hulk. Right. Uh, and, and that's more what the conflict is: is the different sure. ways that he's the obstacles about dealing with the Hulk. And really, he comes to terms with the Hulk at the end of the movie. And, that you know, that's how he solves the his obstacle, the mm-hmm. thing that's in the way. So you're right. I don't think there's not a villain per se. There's, right, like you say, villainous characters. And even Blonsky, uh, his character itself, he, he, you first see him, he's supposed to be this cocky, balls to the wall kind of thing. Yep. And then he gets the juice. He wants the juice. He gets, you know, he's like, oh, I want what he had. And then he's so ignorant and, and it gets kicked and you know destroyed, yeah. which that's fine. I, you know that's his character that's fine but the, there's one moment at the end of the movie where before he becomes abomination uh the woman who works alongside ross is talking to stearns about you know like what did you do you know what she's trying to get like what helps yeah information have. out of him and he he knocks her out or kills her or whatever i think he just knocks her out think, yeah and he's like He's like, oh, what an annoying bitch. It and makes it's like, no sense. It doesn't because I'm like, I'm like, you haven't talked to her all movie. Uh, she's been like basically support staff for right. Ross the whole thing. Right. And it, she's no she's sense. Just, you'd think that he'd want to be sitting there and saying, oh, yeah, what did you give him? What what does all this stuff yeah. do? What does it mean? Instead of just, yeah, shoot me up with it. Who so, cares? Like, so, you, so you're knocking her out because to make you menacing. You don't need to do that. No. She should leave the room. You can slide on in and be like, I want 
what and he's clearly a willing participant Stearns is willing to do it right so there's really you don't need to threaten him no so yeah so i, I didn't like that scene because i just it didn't it didn't make sense to me no and it, they were trying to force the the villainous turn there right. where they could have just done it the minute he became the abomination yeah i agree <laughs> i didn't say i was unwilling i just need informed consent i mean that's really all the the notes I have about the movie itself. Why don't we get into, let's get into like the differences. The comment, yeah. Yes. So that I can stop not talking about them because I keep wanting to bring them up. But okay. Okay. All so, right. So why not, if you can make it brief, give me a brief how the Hulk became the Hulk. The Hulk, like where it came from, where it started for people that maybe don't know or, or want to want a refresher. Yeah. So like me. The Incredible Hulk was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby back in 1962. Again, these are names that we're going to bring up many, many times. Lee and Kirby are, are very much, I mean, they, they built the Marvel comic universe and, and influences are all over the place. So they pulled a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde character, essentially Banner, initially became the Hulk only at night. So the anxiety, the anger wasn't one of the driving forces. Like he would go to sleep and wake up as the Hulk? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a, a short six issue run initially, and then it got canceled. They brought the character back later on in, in various forms. This changes the origin story. Banner in the movie and in the TV show from the 70s, he purposely did the testing on himself. He was so sure of what it was doing. In the comic books, Banner had worked for Ross, and that's where he met Betty. He was developing a gamma bomb for using gamma, harnessing gamma radiation, and it was going to be a, a weapon for the U.S. Army. So again, we're in the 60s. Vietnam, all that stuff, Cold War. When he was testing it, there was a young teenager named Rick Jones who was out on the, the testing field. Rick Jones ends up becoming an Avengers ally. It's all, we don't need to worry about him. <laughs> he doesn't show up here. Bruce rushes out to save him from it. And in, in doing so, he gets caught in the blast. And that's what turns him into the Hulk. And, and so that's the big, that's the big change here so, as far as origins go. Let me ask you this in, in the comic. is He's not somebody... Because I always wonder, like, because the Hulk's supposed to be him his his kind of like his id if you will right mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i used that right um his anger all that stuff that we don't show where we kind of can control and manage right. he can't has he was he ever was banner when he before he had the accident was he ever somebody who would be angry a lot so this gets added in later on later stories there were issues with his him and his father which is touched on in the, the eric banner movie right where he's his father uh, nick nolte plays his dad in that movie yes, right yes yeah. yeah so his father his mother passes away basically by the hands of, of his father his father was abusive so yeah but when he turns into the hulk he has all these these feelings that you know they, they mention it in in the film a little bit the amygdala is is all wrong you know so he's he's got those coupled with this gamma radiation that that forces transformation in the anger okay where does now i'm just peppering a question yeah is Samuel Stearns in the comic at yes, all? Yes, he, he is. is. Okay, because I I thought I read that they wasn't. I know that in the movie itself that he has the blood that drips on his his wound, and he I guess that was supposed to set up the leader. Yes. So is he the leader he in the is comic? The leader, okay, yeah. so talk about that. So the leader is uh, Samuel Stearns. Was instead of in this movie, he's a college professor, or scientist, whatever he is. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I think that was accurate. Yeah, he's a janitor. There was another gamma radiation incident okay. that affected him and so this is, this is no, not even connected to anything that banner was doing no it was connected to it but it was a different okay. incident so instead of where bruce gets the size and the strength and the, the anger 
he instead gets this thirst for knowledge. So he is reading as much as he can, gaining every bit of knowledge that he absolutely can. And his brain does grow to a bigger size. Much like the dude in the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, what's his character? Yes, uh, Hector Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like that. Okay. And you'll see. Sorry to jump off to another uh, rival. Uh... <laughs> well, you'll see it with comic books. Like they all stole from each other. Gotcha. It's yeah. like, you know, makes sense. Batman had Robin. Captain America needs Bucky. Right. Uh, so Cerns becomes the leader. The leader very much is, you know, where Abomination is brawn versus brawn, then it's brains versus brawn. And that's that sets up the conflict for them. So I read that the abomination in the comic was more lizard like. Yes. Okay. But was it Blonsky? It was. Uh, yes, it was Blonsky, but Blonsky wasn't a, a Royal Air Force member. Okay. What was it? What he was, was a Russian spy. Okay. And he was a Russian spy. And, you know, he finds this this gamma radiation device and starts performing tests on himself. Okay. Jeez. And, and again, so it's got a lot of that similar. I want to test this on me. I want to get stronger. I want to, you know, beat the Hulk. The design, like you said, was a little bit more reptilian. Eventually in the comics, he goes and lives in the, the New York sewers. Uh-huh. So he's got that kind of New York lizard man, alligator in the sewer okay. type of rumor. But yeah, in this, I really like the design in this one where it's a lot more, it's bonier. You know, they mentioned that they had to give him the shots in the bone marrow. So that kind of explains where that's coming from. Did you like what they did? With the abomination? Yeah. Well, I think that, I think my my main issue in the movie is just how they got to him. Yeah. So I like I said, we talked about a little bit. Like we both didn't like he wasn't the villain. It just he just pops up mm-hmm. and then he's like, I want Hulk. And but yeah, no, I didn't I didn't mind it. I I just think it wasn't the abomination in and of itself. I think I'll tell you what I didn't like it as much when I just thought they made it up for the movie. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that it was from the comics. Yeah. So once I learned that, which was not this viewing, but uh, a previous one. Then I was okay with it because yeah. I don't. I, I when they use the source material, I can appreciate that. When they just start making up their own stuff, and it's like you, you've got a whole bevy of stuff that you can use mm-hmm. here. We, you know, you've got tons and tons of stories that people have created. Just use something from that. So when they do that, yeah, I don't mind that. Talk about because I brought it up briefly. Talk about the whole thing where Hulk was gray because I don't get that. I didn't understand that. To dive into that, we need to dive into Uh-oh. Ty Burrell's character, okay, uh, Leonard Sampson. <laughs> Hey, Ty. <laughs> We're going to give you more screen time. than He's uh, back. <laughs> so Leonard Sampson, he's, he ends up becoming a superhero, but he's, he mentions in this one, he's a psychiatrist. He is the Hulk psychiatrist. And in doing so, he realizes that Bruce Banner had suffered from PTSD. He also realizes there's a um, disassociative identity disorder in there. Um, so he's, he's working with him to identify it. And as they continue to do that, and as Banner practices a little bit more with gamma radiation techniques and, and kind of coming to grips with the Hulk, he has these various transformations. So the one that we see most of the time, which is the green Hulk is Savage Hulk. Okay. It's, it's the brutal one. It's, it's the you know strongest one, uh, less intelligent than later ones. You know, we'll see one and they, they do it in Endgame where Ruffalo and the Hulk become one. Yeah, we'll get there. Smart Hulk. <laughs> Dr. Hulk. I don't remember what they like what the official title is, but is it dumb Hulk? <laughs> Instagram Hulk. <laughs> but they, you know, so it's this one where he knows he's the Hulk. He's not as strong as Savage Hulk, but he's not he's he's got the mind and body of And he's gray. He becomes gray. So that's that. that one is green. Then there's the gray one which has a great alternate name which is Mr. Joe Fixit. Okay. And he walks around with like tuxedos on all the time. So this really? This is one where he's less less strong. 
He's he's not as strong as as the green version, but he's a little bit more cunning, a little bit more manipulative. He's all this like mental stuff that that Banner isn't able to do all the time. So I'll show you the picture in a bit. Okay, it's, wait, it's fantastic. So when <laughs> oh boy, when um when Banner changes, does he know he's going to change into one of these Hulks, or does he? No, I'm I'm, I'm assuming yeah. this is part of a comic series. Yeah. Okay. So okay. there, were, I mean, they yeah, there were multiple times where they picked up on this. Uh, I believe this is the. Peter David run. Okay. Uh, long time. Incredible Hulk writer. Wrote the series for like 12 years. He had brought a lot to the mythos. And this is one of the, the recommended readings for the week. But uh, the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale series, Hulk Gray, where they, they play up that, that color version of him where he's dealing with a little bit more of the psychological issues he had as a child and, and coming again, coming to grips with, with himself as okay. the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's above me. Uh, it's, it's like i don't like i guess i i guess i understand uh, i get like in a comic series run you want to try different things so that's fine and when you, the character's been around since the 60s sure. I get, how much yeah. can you just have him be a mindless brute yeah so i think they wanted to play up these other aspects of the character you know banner is smart for a long time trying to get rid of the hulk and then bracing the hulk he's been both a hero mm-hmm. and the kind of a thorn in the earth's side where you know he if he goes off into a rage who can stop him what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, he, it happens enough where they send him off into space. You're talking in the comics. In the comics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, no, they don't send Edward Norton into space, but I'd love to see it. No, no, no. I meant like, <laughs> I thought you meant like in the MCU universe. In the MCU, yeah. Hulk voluntarily. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we can, unless you're yeah. done, we can send no, no, no. into all that. Um, I think just the other one was um, the Ross family. Okay. Bruce and Betty are in love daughter of of general ross that all stays the same thunderbolt thunderbolt ross eventually they do get married okay uh bruce and betty there's a lot of things in there you know it's it's comic comic book conflict where mm. the girlfriend who he can't tell his secret to is in love with somebody else because he doesn't open up you know all that that's you know so she's been engaged and in, in, in relationships with other people and and eventually married a guy that that worked under Thunderbolts staff. <laughs> <laughs> so we do see that there is some stories in the um, in the comics where after they're married, Blonsky as the abomination poisons her with gamma radiation and she dies. Oh, that's comic books and and she eventually comes back and, and as Lady Hulk. She Hulk. No, she's not She Hulk. Okay, who's She Hulk? Uh, I believe her, uh, Jessica Walters. That doesn't sound right. That's that's an actress. That's the actress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, is she She Hulk? <laughs> in arrested development she just turned <laughs> buster turns her into she hulk no she but she does not become she hulk she she dies from the poisoning and, and hulk gets um, angry he gets framed for it too oh jeez. so that's what caught, banner goes on the run again he's a fugitive so a lot of the, the these fugitive storylines are where banner's walking across america like he's walking the earth he's jewels and bolts. gonna walk the earth gonna walk the earth there's a lot of stories where it kind of pulls from this walk the earth fugitive mentality he kind of gets you know the whole comic the whole comic yeah, okay. which is also the the influence for the tv show too okay and then as far as thunderbolt he's this guy that's obsessed with capturing the hulk uh, william hurt plays him fantastically oh, i read the note that he plays him like ahab searching yeah. for white well yeah he reminded me of um jk simmons as j jonah jameson in in the spider-man movies where like they just pull these guys straight out of the comics mm-hmm. put them into the movie and say yeah uh, just just do it. If you took it from me, I'm going to put you in a hole for the rest of your life. 
Why don't we get into the MCU now? And I don't know where to start in terms of this movie or this character. I mean, we can definitely go how he's through the universe, but I want to I wanna do more of a comparison where how he is in this movie to, compared to where he goes to. And obviously, there's a different actor that plays him, so there's going to be a different take on the yeah. character, but that's not necessarily um, the, the actor's fault. It's also the way it's written. And one of the things that I immediately noticed when we first start with the Hulk and we and, and the Incredible Hulk compared to like where he is now or where he even not even where he is now, but even like the next movie you see him in, which is the Avengers, right? right? Yeah. Is that in this movie, he's more like you say, savage. He's more of a monster. He's scary. Yeah. I can believe that he is not something you can control. And then in the Avengers, where he's amicable at some right. point, no, it's not as scary. And the way they play him up, they play it more for comedic effects sometimes when he mm-hmm. like takes Loki and throws him around, which is yeah. fun. Which it's, is it's fun and it's cool. And as an end to the fight scene, I think that that's a sure, good absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily poo-pooing that. I'm just saying there is a shift. And uh, does that, I guess, bother you at all, or? I don't know if it bothers me. I want to maybe bring it back just a little bit to, to what you're talking about is in terms of where we see the character progress. Right. So in this one, it's, you know, the, the Hulk is, it's a thing he wants to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like it. Wants it completely excised. By the end of the movie, he's learning to come to terms with it. I know. They talk about when at the end when he's in British Columbia. Yeah. And he's, he's sitting there meditating. Yeah. And he makes himself green. The right. eyes go green. And so then, that's what they were saying. They were alluding to. He's discovering that where Mark Ruffalo's great line in the Avengers when he's like, you know, my secret is I'm always angry, right. which is a fantastic line. And that's, I think that's supposed to be that scene where we're is the genesis of that. Right. Which is great. Yeah. And I think, I think that works first. It's the incident and then he accepts it and acknowledges it and it becomes the other guy. And then he regresses in age of Ultron yes. where he gets mind controlled by Scarlet witch and goes on this tear through, uh, wherever, like, oh, it was in Africa, right? Yes, yeah, they have the the big guy initiative or whatever they call it because they send that giant. Oh, the Hulkbuster Hulk armor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we see it in in Thor Ragnarok where he just lets the Hulk take over. He lets the other guy be in charge now. Yeah. Then eventually we see it in Endgame where the the two of them work which together. Do, which I do. Yeah, but I mean, I think this movie does set up that progression mm-hmm. for the Hulk. Sure. Now, does it work with the change in? actor it's, that, yeah. it's always off-putting when you change actors like that you just you know it, it's it there's nothing you can get you can't get around it it's right. just it is what it is and it's 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 fine i mean we're, we're, we're all adults here we understand that some people just aren't going to move on i think i probably have in terms of the hulk itself in the universe i think i probably have more of a problem with the fact that you just you don't see betty ross anymore and the fact that Thunderbolt comes back eight movies later or something yeah. like that. And you don't kind of, he doesn't get his own movie again. Like, hey, we're forced to see the Hulk's progression, that's character's progression through other movies, which right. is unfair because it's that you immediately, as many, as, as much as you have personal scenes between him and other characters, especially I know they did a lot of stuff with Black Widow. It's not his movie. You're relegating that to a subplot, whereas you're subconsciously telling people, don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah and I, and, and just the Hulk's doing stuff in the background. And that's not fair. Yeah. Right. And, we I, just, and I agree. And, yeah. and they did try for years to get a sequel mm-hmm. off the ground. Eventually, the it, it never took off. It could be because of the box office performance. could be because of Norton. There's a number of factors. I get I get back then during phase one right. because you don't know what 
because they don't know what's happening. And and back then there was no presentation of look at the next twelve movies we have coming up. Never it back was then, right. Th- this movie comes out in two thousand eight. We don't get Iron Man two until two thousand ten. Right. That's that's a huge. Can well, you imagine Marvel doing that now? No. Well, look at the tag though. Look at the, the the so at the end of the movie they do a tag with Thunderbolt Ross. I'm just going to call him that forever now. <laughs> And uh, Tony Stark. Yeah. And that was completely ad-libbed. That was, they had no script. They just showed up and they said, these are your characters. You know, you're just setting up the next thing. And they just did it. And that tells you that they really didn't have a main plan. So let me ask you, what do you think that tag was supposed to be about? I think it was supposed to be an extension of Nick Fury and the end of Iron Man mm-hmm. talking about, we're going to put the Avengers together. And I think that they were just teasing that. To that, do what? I, who know, I don't think they knew. They probably sat down and like eventually want to do a giant Avengers movie. Right. So we need to. So let's just talk about that. I remember watching it initially and I thought, you know, they're putting together a team. Like, are they going to bring the Hulk in? Sure. And then upon a rewatch, I was like, oh, no, are they going to go after the Hulk? And the Hulk's going to be the villain in the Avengers movie. That scene, as much as as tagged on as, as it is, gets another reference in one of the Marvel one shot short films. Okay. So Marvel one shots were these short films that tied into some of the other pieces. Um, there's one called a, a thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer, which is essentially a prequel to Thor when the, the hammer crashes in, in the mm-hmm. desert out there. Then you have one called the consultant where you learn that the world security council who is the party in the Avengers that wants to nuke Manhattan, they want to bring on the abomination. They want him released from prison and want to bring him into the Avengers initiative. Mm -hmm. And I guess work alongside Tony and and all this other stuff. And you learn later on that he's supposed to go to Ross and recruit him, but he's been hired by Phil Coulson and agent Jasper Sitwell. Um, (laughs) We don't know yet. Obviously he's been basically hired as a, a plan to go and piss Ross off so badly that he won't release Abomination. And it works because Fury and some of the other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents don't want Abomination released, but that comes out in like 2011. Mm-hmm. So this tag doesn't make any sense right. until at least 2011. And even then, how much sense does it make? I almost think that they should have a Hulk movie. I know that the Hulk is now, you know, doing selfies and, <laughs> and I, don't, I don't get this. And, Eating and bowls upon what, bowls uh, upon bowls of scrambled eggs. Whatever. So whatever he is now, I, I think you can go back and I think you should. I mean, you, you can't. This is it. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't want to do it again. I'm sure Ruffalo, you know. I know. I think Ruffalo talks highly of wanting to do a solo movie. They should. They I mean, they really, really should. I. The other thing I wanted to say about that, because um, I brought it up a little bit, you know, in this movie, clearly the love of his life is Betty Ross. Yes. And then we forget that. Absolutely. And moving forward, he starts developing a relationship with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, what? That's a little unfair to his personal storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it was like they did it because she was there. I believe so, too. Yeah. Because she what is the movie? What's the is it the Avengers when she goes and gets him? In, yeah. In the opening okay. of the Avengers, he's now he's, he, he's, in, he's, cabin. In, he's in like um, he's in India somewhere. She, yeah. Like he goes from the house. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. in he, he ends his movie in British Columbia. He looks like he's he's pretty set. And he looks like Edward Norton. I'm he looks kidding. like Edward Norton. He ends his movie in British Columbia as Edward Norton. And the next time we see him, he's in Calcutta as Mark Ruffalo. You know, where's that storyline? How does he get? Why does he get to Calcutta? Like, what did he do in, in British Columbia? He was off in the cabin in the woods. Like, yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah. but you're right. Yeah. So they introduce Black Widow goes and gets him. And then in Age of Ultron is where they really up that that romantic nature of it where, you know, they have these these kind of kitschy little rom-com moments and then she's the only one that can calm him down yeah it yeah. doesn't i don't 
I don't get it. I didn't really like it. Again, but that's what happens when you have a main character that doesn't have his own plot line right. or his own movie. This is this is what you have. And and I don't know if it's necessarily just the nature of the beast of doing all these movies. You know, you're not going to get everything right. You're not going to get everything perfect. And I, I get that. It's just unfortunate that you kind of forget about him. Yeah. And the Hulk and his storyline. The only other thing I wanted to bring up in terms of this movie's place in the MCU, and I we, we talked about it uh, before a little bit, was the callbacks to Captain America. So clearly they knew that Captain America was coming. That was the next movie because they, they reference it a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing with the serum. Right. They talk about it as a World War right. II program. The name of the doctor that, that uses it on yep. him is on the vial. The fact that they also it they also have Stark Industries there yeah. at some point. I thought that was interesting that they were kind of tying it into that world, even in this movie. Yeah, and I think a lot of the groundwork that they do with the Phase One to tie them together is through Howard Stark. They mentioned it multiple times that he fought against the Nazis, he developed weapons for the government, and and then we see it in in Captain America when he's played by Dominic Cooper. Mm-hmm that he is the one that developed in part the super soldier serum and is working on various weapons for the government and helping with the shield and everything. So Howard Stark is really the, the cohesive piece to this, this phase one, you know, I always compare it to DC comics and in both the comics and the movies, they weren't a, they were kind of a, a hodgepodge of, of characters. Superman was made a couple of years later as Batman, Wonder Woman came along, but they were never really tied in together for the Marvel universe stan lee jack kirby steven dicko all these guys were the the driving force for all these characters but for the most part a lot of the stuff that that transforms them makes them superheroes is science so they have that that building block of science is what drives us is is what makes us heroes and that's what they continue to do here with banner and with with howard stark having that you know including the super soldier serum uh, I mean, it's just you know, it's you can just kind of start seeing the mechanism of the MCU forming yeah. in, in this movie, and obviously with Iron Man. Oh, uh, you know what? We'll get to Iron Man too. But yeah, so that was it. I, that was that's pretty much what I had. I just want to know. Go, go for it. How did Thunderbolt <laughs> go from a general here who? Yep. I mean, this is that's a big scandal for him to oh, have a. Well, he just shot up an entire. He uh, shot up an entire campus. Campus, yeah, absolutely. And then become Secretary of State the next time we see him. <laughs> What happened to our, our administration in the White House? Uh, I mean, anything's possible, man. I guess so. <laughs> Got to um, the right palms. I think that's it for me. Do we answer why this is forgotten? Is it, <laughs> well, is it because... This isn't that podcast, man. <laughs> I think it's the beginning. Let's say if this was in phase two or phase three, mm-hmm. it's probably a huge hit. Yeah. Not this. It's probably a, a, a different movie. It's probably much bigger. I think that you, this type of movie wouldn't get made now in the MCU. Because like I said, with Iron Man, it's more personal. Yeah. But I think it just doesn't have it doesn't have all the other movies behind it coming up. Oh, my God, the new one. So it's not going to be hit there. It's not acting as a, a backdoor pilot to, to four different movies right. in a Disney Plus series. It's also coming off of Hulk, which was not a hit. No. And nobody liked it. And, no. and people are just kind of like, again, like so. So I yeah. will jump in on that real quick. This one was seen as the more commercially viable sure. film of the two. So, you know, we talked last week where Marvel Studios was nothing and then became an independent producer of two films coming mm-hmm. out within two months of each other. They thought, you know, they were taking a shot with Iron Man. They had done the market test that, you know, kids are more likely to play with the, the Iron Man figures. And then like, we'll also do Hulk as mm-hmm. the, the requel. It's not going to, it's like fetch. It's not catching <laughs> it's on. not happening. Um, Stop it, Gretchen. There was the TV show. There was the movie. Mm-hmm. There was animated shows. People are, there's roller coasters at Universal Studios. 
people oh, are right. more that. yeah people are more in tune with the character this is the one that's going to make more money and do well we'll take a shot with the other one and then obviously the, the results were flipped doesn't have a lot of action no i mean except aside from that big set piece that you're talking about and the ending there's really not like a lot of action well let me because there's there's another comic book movie that comes out this same summer the 2008 2008 about a month later the dark knight comes out the one with uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. There's not a lot of huge action pieces in that one either. Yeah, but that, and that's more of a character piece as that well. That fantastic. That's not, fantastic. That's, not, that's that movie's like arguably one of the best movies of, the, of that decade. Yeah, I think the, the other thing that affects this movie is that if we're going to compare it to Iron Man's success mm-hmm. and this movie, is that Tony Stark is a likable character, is a more not is a more charismatic character. Yes, and that's all thanks to Robert Downey Jr. Right. Edward Norton is not so much. He's not that type of character. He's and he's, you know, he's brooding in this a lot of times. So you have a leading man that's not really popping on screen. Mm -hmm. So that probably affects it as well. And just to kind of give you what else came out that weekend. It was the happening. Oh, man. The weekend before was you don't mess with the Zohan. I like that movie. (laughs) And uh, and Kung Fu Panda. And then the weekend after was Get Smart. And then later on in the summer is Wally and Wanted. And Hancock comes out a few weeks after that. Hellboy 2 is that summer. I mean, this is a huge summer for, for comic book movies. Yeah. This is the beginning. The beginning is. of the end. No, I'm just kidding. This is the beginning. <laughs> we're all downhill from here. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, stay tuned because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've done our fair share of going through the Hulk. Yeah. Um, so join us next time. We will be talking about the third movie in phase one, which was Iron Man 2. Yeah. I'm asking. I don't know why I'm asking. It's Iron Man 2. It is Iron Man 2. Um, so we're going to have a direct sequel now to the first one. Um, I think if, if this was today's time, we, we probably wouldn't see an Iron Man 2 until... A couple movies yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, you know, we, this it took two years to get to it, which is, it, yeah. is unheard of now where we're getting three movies a year. But I mean, yeah, seriously. Captain Marvel, I think, was in March. March. And then end of April was... Endgame. It was right, right on the and heels. Then in of July it. was Spider-Man: Far From Home. Right. Yeah. So you had, you know, within maybe 120 days, yeah, you had three of them, mm-hmm. and then a little, little odd. And now you're yeah. not having anything until Black Widow, right? Right. Yeah. Which it looks like, according to the trailer, Thunderbolt makes an appearance. <laughs> Thunderbolt Ross. But we'll uh, we'll stay tuned on, on the continuing adventures of <laughs> Thunderbolt Ross. When's he going to get his own movie? All right. So, yeah. So, join us, <laughs> join us next week, next time for our Iron Man 2 episode. And, uh, yeah. And stay, they hang around as Pat's got some recommended reading for you, as always. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, guys. As always, at the end of each episode, we like to send you home with some recommended reading that follows up on some of the characters and plots presented in this week's film. Our recommended reading section is sponsored by Infinite Heroes, comics, cards, and collectibles in Watertown, Connecticut. If you're in the Connecticut or New England area, it's a great location to pick up comics from Marvel as well as DC, Image, and more. They also have a large collection of trading cards, toys, and collectibles. Owner Paul Santos has worked in comics for years, most recently as an editor at DC Comics. Ask him for a recommendation and tell him we sent you. Again, thanks Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we do appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to listen to us ramble about the Marvel Universe. Hopefully we can give back a little bit with some some recommended reading here. Uh, first up, we mentioned this briefly early on in the episode, is Hulk Gray. It's by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Uh, Jeff Loeb ends up going on to lead Marvel's television studio. So you see his name a lot on the Netflix 
shows, uh, some of the, the other Hulu shows as well. But like his Loeb and Sales color series, which includes Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, and Captain America White, the Hulk Gray kind of takes the original six-issue run, original origin story, modernizes it, and, and also adds some of a deeper dive into the psychology of, of the hero. So it's it's actually kind of a good be a good read going into this movie if you're unsure of some of the origins. After that is Hulk Return of the Monster, which it collects a five uh, six issue series numbers thirty four through thirty nine of the Incredible Hulk, um, written by Bruce Jones, art by John Romita Jr. Uh, so we see this despondent and, and framed Bruce Banner hitchhiking across the U.S. Uh, USA, kind of piece together the conspiracy. Uh, against him and, and coming to terms with with himself and and just kind of you know you, we see it a lot in this one where he's walking the earth as we mentioned and then finally no list would be complete without a Peter David story uh, as we mentioned he's written the character for over twelve years added so many things to the mythos um, this one is actually a four issue mini series called Incredible Hulk Destruction where he reintroduces the character the Abomination into the world of the Hulk so if you like Emil Blonsky you like the Abomination in this one this is a great one to check out. So that's it for this week. If we missed any, uh, let us know and we'll uh, appreciate it. All right. Take care.